tired. I'm gonna. Uh, I got this coffee. Will uh-huh. pick me up. Uh-huh. I'm gonna be on fire in a minute. What are you having that coffee? Um, agave and cane sugar. Mm. That's just sugar and sugar. Agave. Yeah, I needed the sugar because I, I don't have your energy because I don't really eat healthy or exercise much, mm. and I'm a little bit of an old man. Mm. I don't want to say that's obvious. Yeah, well, you shouldn't. <laughs> it is great to have you. Thank you for coming up. Well, no, I mean, thank you for having us. Uh, you know, I've said this earlier, but, you know, I was a big AAC guy back when I was in college like 20 years ago. Oh. And, yeah, yeah, so, I mean, I like this to me, this is a moment for me, you know? Oh. Like, it, it's cool to kind of get to meet people who you know you you really looked up to well thank you i'm glad to have you here because i'm not much into the industry but like like i said to you I, I don't look at the forums and blogs much but the one blog i do check like once a week is the firing blog so i don't and to dispel any rumors i am an employee i've worked for the firearm blog for a little over 10 years and so then you have uh, this beautiful face apparently according to ron dan for video so you guys started doing these videos when, yes. when did the whole video start 2015 and that um, that's that's tfb tv the that's firearm a, blog tv which yes. was a huge mistake you know to do all the i mean even at the beginning you, a lot you of butchered, letters yeah it's a lot of letters and they all kind of sound the same but you know i'm not in charge yeah so uh, especially back then i wasn't the producer I was rank and file, and I was told to go to SHOT Show and cover SHOT Show, and I did it. And we, next thing we know, you know, uh, 150,000 subs the first year. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, and then, like, it, it, we steadily grew at about the same rate to a, a million, and then things, like, we had the great demonetization. Oh, yeah. And things slowed down after that, but, I mean, at this point, it's, you know, Whatever. Once I feel like once you get to a million, it's like okay, you know, like you, you kind of did it. I'd like more, but your background, you're in college, you love firearms, you work in a gun store, you get you an FFL, yeah. So it's like a lifelong thing for you. And yeah. and, and I also was on the road to a legal career and took a detour, and I always thought firearms would be my part time gig, which is mm-hmm. sort of maybe what you got going on here. Yeah, I mean, a part-time gig? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, it's all a part-time gig when you don't have enough time for anything to be a full-time gig, you know? So it's I, I just, Are you a full-time attorney? Not as much anymore. Oh, I mean, I'm, well, that's we, cool. Yeah, we had a conversation. I mean, I'm still a partner at the firm, and I'm licensed in three states. I've taken three bar exams, Florida, Louisiana, yeah. Mississippi. Yeah, yeah, gross. But um, had a conversation with the other partners at the firm, said, hey, look— you know, I don't want to choose one or the other. Can we just talk about maybe reducing my salary and reducing whatever my financial commitment is to the firm? Mm. They said, no problem. I, I've worked with the same group of guys since day one. I love oh, them awesome. like family. So this was the first firm you've worked at? It, well, it was the first firm. We were at a, a like a big mega firm, like I said earlier. Oh, and then yeah. we our unit split off and they're like, hey, you know, we're going. Do you want to come with us? And it's like, you know, at that point when you work at, at a big firm with over a hundred lawyers, you know, it's like you, you work for somebody else. It's virtually like working for a stranger and you don't know if it's going to be good. You don't know if it's going to be bad. So I just as soon would take the risk and that's what I did. And then I've been with this new firm for eight years, I want to say, but yeah, started in 2008 working at, at this firm with the same group of guys. And I've been there ever since. That's pretty great. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I love it. I mean, it's nice having, people that you like to work with you know it makes a huge difference in terms of quality of life and it's way more important than money i I wouldn't know 
I know you're bullshitting right now because I, it's funny that because hurts. yeah, yeah, it's funny. But yeah, you. Uh, but you have a great no. group. You have, oh, and, and I've been honorable. Yeah, 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 I've been honored, and it's been fun spending time with them. Oh, thank you. Yeah, we we do. It's special, and I think everybody says that they feel obligated as a boss. Um, but to me, it is very remarkable at the size we are now, and you probably saw half the employees today. That there aren't but a couple I'm not interested in drinking a beer with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and. Um, yeah, it, we, we just have a wonderful group of people and I love it. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't want to stop working. Yes. Yeah. Good. No, I- exactly. But I've tried that big company can- thing a couple of times and that's not for me, but I, I think the way we do things works out. Okay. You, um, okay. So we start doing videos at shot mm-hmm. show. Mm-hmm. So you, you become this, th- this, this face with all these million subscribers so how it goes? So so then, or do you still write, or do you still do you just do the videos now? I just do the videos now. Like I'll write occasionally. Mm. Um, you know, I've done a few pieces, and usually it's got to be something. I mean, I don't want to bring up the most recent thing, but you can just go on TFB. Uh, you know, it's a whole HK thing. But I'm, that's that's where I'll leave it. That's where I'll leave it. You go look right. up, up the article. Well, it's but pretty it's, good now. I can't wait to see. Yeah, it. yeah. But I mean, it's like if, if there's something where it's like I, if I feel really strongly about it, uh, then I will put pen to paper. Yeah. And and I love doing it. I always loved. I love photography. I love videography. I love writing. I have a job where I write. Yeah. For a living, so it's like I I enjoy doing it. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't do it as much as I would want, but again, try out a victory. Do you think, uh, you're on YouTube, so then stuff gets demonetized Yeah, and, and, and that's the main platform. That's where you host all your videos. Yes. So do, do you think, is it, is there like shadow banning? Liam, you probably know this, like, like you young folks, it's a whole scuttlebutt of right wing conspiracy that we're definitely getting shadow banned for everything. Yeah. Is that what's happening? Um, I, I can't say. For sure. I feel like we get shadow monetized. In other words, Ooh. like we will we'll submit a video and YouTube will come back and say, hey, you know, this video is good. You know, it's OK. It doesn't violate any of our guidelines. But then we will not get like I know what videos people actually watch. I mean, obviously, based on the hit count. But what I mean is I can look at the trajectory within the first hour and I can be like, you know, shit, this video is not going to get over 100,000 views. And then I can look at the trajectory in the first hour, and it's like this one's definitely going to get over two hundred thousand views in the in the first day. And it's either one or the other. It, there, it's almost like nothing in between. But then YouTube always says like these videos are okay; they meet guidelines. So I, I really think that there is a, and it's the same content we've been doing so, for years. So what you're saying is you think that one gets a hundred thousand, one gets over two hundred because of like the shadow the shadow monetization, month. we'll call it, where it's like you So it just doesn't pop up in as many people's feed or you'll have a high click through rate. So it's like I'll have a video that'll get seventy thousand views. With one point three million subscribers, I'll have a video that'll get seventy thousand views, which is not a whole heck of a lot with that many subscribers. And it'll have an amazing click-through rate, like 11%. What does that mean, click-through rate? So that means if every time that thumbnail is flashed on somebody's screen, you get an impression yeah. that you convert on 11%, 10 or 11. That's really high. Like 10 or So every so every 10 people that see it, they'll click on it and watch it is what you're saying. One person. Well, yeah, yeah out, of, out of 10. And that's actually really high, like 1 in 10. So you'll get this amazing click-through rate. And that logically would lead you to conclude that uh, something with a high click-through rate is going to be shown to more people, right? Because it, uh, if 
people are looking at it and they're clicking on it. They're like, oh man, like that looks good. I want to watch it. You would think YouTube would, would recommend it to more people, but then we'll have videos that'll get like, you know, a million views and it'll have like a 5% click through rate. And so it, it, it's all of the data points, which, um, reusing a term that you used earlier today, because I know you're a big data point guy, all the data points show me that there's, there's something at a, a meta level where it's squashing your traffic or something like that. And I, I, and I'll go down this rabbit hole as far as you want. No, it's but. okay. I mean, I say, I think it's, it's like an imperfect thing. And the, the problem with all of us is, you know, we don't have all of the variables. So then you have to start guessing at shit. Yeah. Um, Cause it is interesting just what, videos how a video goes viral mm-hmm. you know and like, like i was saying we were just at um demolition ranch with matt and david and those guys and, and listening to them because you know i think they've got what 11.3 or 6 million subscribers and them talking about they know within the first few minutes if it's going to go viral right or if it's going to be below average or they have something that you know um viral for them and i don't know what that count i don't remember what they said but i mean it's in, i mean you can it's sure. probably 10x what you're talking oh, about sure. you know because yeah, yeah. it's 10x, 10x the subscribers yeah um but that was fairly interesting he was talking about he had one of ours our videos that perform well because i don't think he generally has um like gun companies on there or the owner or whatever right. on his so that's probably pretty rare and a great opportunity for me so i go and do it with him when, when he asks and our eight six videos, like the videos, have done really well for him, above average over most of his videos. Mm-hmm. And he did this weird one. Uh, what was it called? Sixty nine baffle silencer. Yeah, I forget what it's called exactly, but yeah. And it was like in this little moment of YouTube where if you put a silencer on or yep. take it off, yep. it's manufactured. Whatever stupid thing they said. And so within what within like a few days or a week, it had like six million views or mm-hmm. something. Yeah, so it was up there. Yeah, so it was going to be viral even for them, one mm-hmm. of their top videos, and they took it down. No, that that we had to take down fifty of our videos. Jesus, for, yeah, suppressors. So we got. Like oh, a, is it because of that? Yeah, got a really nasty email from. Well, now YouTube. you can put them back because he said YouTube they did. Yeah, turned yeah. it back on for him. Yeah, the, yeah, they did, and it, you know, but at that point, yeah. I mean, first of all, it's it's these are, are these are our overlords. Yeah. are the people who have no clue what's going on. They don't know a baffle from an end cap, you know, and that's, that's being generous, yeah. you know, so how can you, and man, you'll submit one video. It'll be like how to make a pipe bomb in your backyard in five minutes. And that'll get like the green light. And they'll be like, good video. Well, and that's then, freedom of speech. Yeah, no, no. And then, I mean, but what I mean is like, yeah. we'll do a video. It's like, Hey, look, you know, crazy machine gun that, uh, with with a suppressor that you know we shoot into the air in the city and they're like oh yeah it's a good video and then we'll do one where it'll be like it, I remember this video with with Mike Pappas we interview Mike of, mm-hmm. of Dead Air and dude they came back and like we, we got everything short of a content strike for that one we couldn't get it monetized like they were like it violates our guidelines we're sitting there talking about a suppressor on the shot show floor it's like a three four minute and eating McMuffins swear to God. So, you know, well, yeah, I can it's arbitrary. Mike eats McMuffins. Yeah, right. Um, uh, glass houses. Yeah, it's it's a strange one. I, it, it is interesting w- watching some of the forums or whatever occasionally and seeing. I, th- I think a lot of these little dorks think that it's people 
sitting there doing this intentionally. And and I sort of think most of this stuff is probably relegated to algorithms based on someone, you know, there's some word that they enter. Okay, silencers are illegal, so we need to put that in there. And then this happens for a month, and then they sort out, oh, well, no, not exactly, and it comes back. But, yeah, I, I tend to think it's really generally not a person. I think for a lot of the companies, probably me, like we probably get reported a lot by haters or competition. Yeah, sure. And, 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 and you know, that's unfortunate, and that's probably got a lot to do with it. But yeah, but I don't think there's a lot of people there, like, looking to shut down guns. I think it's obviously very liberal mm-hmm. um, and biased, and they would rather not have gun stuff on there. But if right. you get a million subscribers or 10 million, oh, we can make an exception for that. I think it, that is what it, it is. It brings money in. But, you know, us little guys that, you know, I'm not trying to monetize anything. I don't want to. I just want to put information out there. Right. Because um, I don't want to be subject to any of that stuff. And we still get some of it. And it's mm-hmm. like, you're not paying me, man. Like, just back right. off. Yeah. Like, we're not doing anything illegal. But then you realize you're probably just dealing with an algorithm that some, sure know, who knows. Yeah, that, again, and I, I think that that is the thing that is the most irritating about it is the fact that the treatment is almost completely arbitrary. It'd be yeah. one thing if there was like it's this. It's the most frustrating thing. Like when you don't know the boundaries, like, dude, tell me the rules. I'll comply with your stupid rules. Are you talking about the ATF arm brace? Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, you can, it, it translates to that because when you have like a set of guidelines, it's like, man, just tell me what you want the rules to be and I'll decide if I want to play, but don't tell me that these are the rules over here and then I'm complying with the rules, but today I broke them because there's a new rule or a rule that isn't on the books. That's bullshit. And uh, that is what's what's supremely frustrating about it. It would be one thing if you're like, hey, look, man, um, no yellow shoes in your channel on Tuesdays. Okay, well, that's kind of weird, but I'll comply with that. Um, but then, you know, if I'm wearing yellow shoes on a Friday and they say, okay, yeah, man, you're getting a content strike. It's like, what the fuck? You know, so... Uh, stupid yeah. example, but yeah, I mean, no, you get what I'm driving I mean, at. Yeah, I mean, it's ridiculous and arbitrary. What um, what have been your few best performing videos? Mm, um, I, you know, I don't want to sound like I'm not doing my job. I I don't obsess over that too much, but the the Beretta 93R that that one definitely took off. Um, like around two million, you know, for that. I did one. It was just totally random, you know. I'm not very good at, at YouTube. I say D plus effort, B plus product. Great. That is that is how we do it. That's tremendous. I, I just do what I like, and and I upload it. And either you know, if you guys hate it, then you hate it, and that's fine. Um, I like doing it. You can't make me do something that even if I know it's going to get 10 million views, if I don't want to do it, I'm just not going to do it. Like I'm I'm here to do what I like to do. I don't have time to do anything else. Well, then is, are there any that have surprised you that you can think of that perform well that you didn't anticipate? Yeah, that's where I was going before I got diverted by myself. But the, you know, there was one I did Glass where it was houses. like, I, yeah, I know, right? Um, I did the, uh, like the ultimate urban AR-15. And, and that primarily, I think, was because I had Clint Smith on there. But it was, we were talking about like what the, the oh, ultimate. Oh, I would think that's like clickbait, the average, you know, young gun nerd. That's something they would love. Maybe, but I mean, it surprised me. I was like, okay, this is going to be like maybe 100,000 views. Yeah. And, and that one's like over a million, I think. I was actually really surprised. Uh, the Beretta 93R video, that was one where kind of everything coincided. I wasn't sure if it was going to be a successful video. But again, that isn't why I make videos. I make videos if I think it's important, if it's something that I like. 
and being able to interview Paulo Parola, who was the man who designed the Beretta 93R, doesn't speak a lick of English. So we had to have a trans. And yeah, you have it right here. People might not know. Yeah. 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 So whenever I interviewed Paulo Parola, that video took off. And, and it was a, a, a watershed moment in my life. You know, I got to meet a guy who was responsible for designing a notorious, famous firearm and uh, overseas in Italy at Beretta's headquarters. So for me, it was it was cool because it was it was awesome for me. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Pretty cool. Understatement. Understatement. Yeah. You know, I mean, it was it was amazing. And to be able to to talk to him and for the viewers to vibe with it too, dude. That's amore. Yeah. I loved it. I mean, that one surprises me. I mean, that's something I would want to see, but I would think the average no. consumer at this point, that one would surprise me, but I would love that. What was the original purpose for developing the gun? Oh, the 93R? Um, according to Mr. Parola, it was a, a Texas LE department uh, asked for it, like Houston or Dallas. I can't remember. But really? Yeah, yeah. I said it uh, either on camera or off camera. I can't remember. But Ryan, Probably. you remember it, it was like Houston or Dallas PD? Yeah, like Dallas PD wanted it. one. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, Houston wouldn't surprise me. They shoot a lot of people. <laughs> it's but, Texas, you know? Yeah, <laughs> oh, well, that's that's ridiculous, but so cool that that's yeah. how that happened. Yeah, yeah, it was it was really neat. How and, many have they made, they tell you? Mm, I'm not sure if I asked or not, but yeah. I mean, you know, obviously, super uncommon. Um, but it's cool. It's a brilliant design. I wish they were more common. Obviously, I wish I could own one. Mm. I mean, I guess I could with a whole shitload of money. I'm mm. not, unfortunately, Kevin Brittingham, but, you know. <laughs> oh, this is going to be fun. <laughs> Maybe we need to get him to shotgun a couple beers yeah, and get right. this thing turned. Yeah. Um, so, gun store and range now. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so... Uh, the Neutral Ground Gun Company. Neutral Ground being a New Orleans term. I don't know if, if you know that. But I mean, it sounds like it sounds all right. Like Neutral Ground, it's like it has some kind of universal abstract appeal to it. But yeah, the Neutral Ground is what we call the median. It came from like back in the 1800s, like the Times-Picayune called like the Neutral Ground. It's like where uh, the, the French and, and the Americans could meet and hang out. And like there, there were no fights and it was like everything was cool. And now we just call them medians in New Orleans. We call them neutral grounds. Oh. So it's like neutral ground gun company. Everybody's welcome. You know, come nice. shoot a gun, have a great time, you know, uh, have some laughs, yep. shoot some paper, whatever. And so that is, uh, yeah, that was a recent thing with my partners, Sam and Jason. Um, it used to be a porn studio, so, uh, which is kind of cool. In Louisiana? It was a, uh, like a soft core, like, I mean, I watched, so uh, it's Cockface 3 is what they film the Cock, most. Cockface Cock 3. 3. Yeah, Cockface 3. And I, uh, didn't, I didn't know there, uh, I, I didn't know much about the porn industry, but I assumed it was in California. Yeah. Well, I mean, apparently there's some of it in Louisiana, but it was. Makes sense. I guess people do it in every state. It's been a range. Um, it's always been a range, I think, since like the 70s or 80s. And it's changed hands. The ownership's changed hands. But there was an adjacent building that is now part of Neutral Ground Gun Company mm. that was a porn studio. And yeah, Cockface 3. Um, and Jason, is he's the landlord. And he was like, he had creds on, on Cockface 3. He was like a producer or director or something like that. So it's pretty funny because you watch Cockface 3 and you're like, well, yep, that is the range. That is, in fact... <laughs> 
the range. Um, and then I'll, I'll take your word for it. Yeah, and then, yeah, sure, dude. I'll I'll get Jason to send you a copy. No, I'm you good. Want. No, you're totally good. good. All good. Yeah. Good. Um, you can imagine what the plot is. It involves a man with a, a no. Let's uh, cock on his on his face. But yeah, so it's a uh, uh, Sam who's the manager, and he managed it under prior ownership. The porn or the store? Uh, little column A, little no, no, no. He had uh, managed the the store, so he's one of my partners. Jason, one of my partners, and myself, and really proud of it. Um, glad to have a range. It's nice to to have a range, you know, pistol range, be able to shoot at. I, I agree. What are your what's your least favorite part of our industry? What do you uh, hate the most? I hate the infighting. I think there's a lot of infighting mm. where it's like if you don't perceive things the way that I perceive things, or it's like if you don't, you know, I don't think that people with uh, four felonies and you know, like seven child molestation convictions should be able to get a rocket launcher without a background check. And you say that and people are like, you know, are you this guy, he's a red coat. You know, can you believe him? You know, can you believe this crazy man? You know, I think that, that, you know, it doesn't matter if the guy shot up three preschools, he should be able to own a rocket launcher without a background check. You know, it's like, uh, and you say that you you say something like that. They're like, this guy believes in gun control. This guy, you know, he's a he's a red oh coat. the extremists that have nothing to lose by saying stuff anonymously. Online. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, and it's it's not. Yes, yes, it's that, but it isn't. It isn't even just that. It's like there. And dude, you you've been a part of it too. I mean, we we go I like at, fighting. I know, I know, and you do bring it upon yourself. Most to be fair, but um, hey, it's not my fault. Everybody saw. <laughs> But but it's the it's the infighting. I, I that's the one thing I don't look. It's one thing for commercial infighting and commercial rivalry. And and I do I appreciate your approach. I'm not just sitting here pumping your plums because I'm on your podcast. I still he's used it twice. I'm not sure if it's a if so it's, many smart words. If though. that's a pro or a con. But no, I, I, I but I appreciate the fact that you call out who you perceive to be in the commercial space. Yeah, snake oil salesman. I appreciate that. But when we go after, like, you know, our brothers, I'm making air quotes, like within the gun community, because their beliefs don't comport with my beliefs of... Oh, well, uh, I think also being an attorney, you understand that it's it's like context and how things get convoluted and the nuance sure. of some statements. And, um, yeah, so I can agree with that part. You know, it's funny, one thing, so to derail you again, being an attorney, I, I've thought a lot about certain aspects of gun control and law. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting to me that if you're a felon in America, mm -hmm. that you can't own a firearm. I guess now in certain situations you can, if, if you've served time, been paroled and mm -hmm. can do it, which makes a lot of sense because it never made sense to me. You know, if it's a Martha Stewart, whatever, white collar mm -hmm. crime, you're convicted, you serve your time in prison, you're paroled. We think that you're rehabilitated and you're free. Now you're not allowed to protect yourself and your family. Mm -hmm. Like I don't know that that makes sense. I mean, and I don't know who should draw the line and where it is. But yeah, if it's a violent crime, if you've you know been convicted of like armed robbery and stuff like that, that it's the same result for firearms ownership and your right to vote as it is if you know tax evasion. Sure, I mean, it's, and it's strange to me. And look, I, I mean, that's not something like I'm not sitting here waking up uh, in the middle of the night thinking like, man. At what point should former felons be able to own guns? So it's not something like I've said. I've, I've thought about it at it's length. Something, yeah. I just thought about the last few years. It's like, well, okay. So if we 
think if you do this crime and you're convicted and you serve this amount of time, this is your punishment, then we release you and you get to go back mm-hmm. to society. But if it was a nonviolent, like, what are the, I mean, for me personally, even if you were, it was a violent crime, mm-hmm. if you've served your time and we think you're, you know, rehabilitated enough to reenter society, like you should have a right to defend yourself and your family. So I don't know. That's a strange one to me. I think if, if you own or wear Crocs, you should have no rights whatsoever. That's that, you know, hmm. you're not a Croc guy. No, I'm not particularly down with the Crocs, mm-hmm. but you're a flip-flop guy. Yeah. You'd fit in really well in Florida. I, yeah. I need, I need more hats, but yeah, I mean the footwear and fashion thing, I'm probably, you know, past my prime in that regard or, you know, I don't, you just get older. You don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. It's like, if it's, if it's the right tool for the job, use it, you mm-hmm. know, like just like with firearms, if, if, if you're going boating or something, maybe Crocs, that's your jam. You know, I'm not going to stub my toe. I can put, flip the little strap up, you know, mm-hmm. if your feet get wet, it's fine. Like, I, I don't, I don't know if you're working in your garden, maybe Crocs are the thing. It is, it is interesting to me that it's become an acceptable fashion accessory. And sure. I see a lot of my nerds wearing them and stuff. And it's yeah, just, it's disgusting. Like you, I mean, you know, it's, it's like if you meet a girl named Butch. Uh-huh. Is she hot? It's the only way you pull that name off. Uh-huh. Like if you were an average looking girl, your name is Butch. Like you're fucking ugly. Mm-hmm. And I think it's kind of the same thing with Crocs. Like you know, if if it's a supermodel wearing Crocs, I'm probably down with Crocs. Mm-hmm. If it's you know my buddy Joey's sister that's you know pushing 200, I it's probably not helping. I didn't mean to go down Croc alley, but that was mainly a deflection. Well, yeah, no, it was mainly a deflection to get off politics. You know, we do guns, not politics. So I. I Yeah, I'm not really into the political side of it. That's just an interesting question to me and something I think about with you being an attorney, thought you might have an opinion, but I see it just turned. No, 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 no. I mean, and and I will like, you know, if you call me out and you're like, James, you know, I want to know what your opinion is. I'll either tell you, no, I won't tell you or I'll tell you. And, you know, flat out, if I had to say it like, uh, you know, my answer is wishy-washy. I can see I can see both sides of the argument. But I mean, that's something that I've always tried to do, like. Um, I don't always presume that the way I feel about something is is the right or the correct way. I like to see both perspectives. So there are good arguments for and against. You know, I mean, if somebody gets out of out of prison, are are they not rehabilitated? Are they they're not they're back in regular society? So maybe they should be able to own firearms. But oh. then you're like, man, uh, you know, but this guy like, you know, freaking shot Grandma Violet and you know robbed her and. Andy wears Crocs, you know, then at that point you're like, uh, you know, do we want to give this guy, you know, the, the right to, so, I mean, like I see the pros, I see the cons and I try to do that with everything in life. So James Reeves, hmm. your uh, top five guns of all time. Oh my God. I, nobody's ever asked. And, uh, you know, people have always said like, you've got to do top five guns of all time. And, uh, you know, so I reserve the right to change my mind as you should. I reserve the right to, and in no particular order. Okay. Um, Beretta 1301. What, what is that? A shotgun? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The shotgun okay. right now. Is, is, th- is that's a gas gun or? or yeah. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it's semi-auto. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it is, uh, right now probably the best semi-automatic shotgun. So it's a current gun. Yes. Okay. Very current. I mean, it, it's hot. It okay. is. That's another one where it's like, I did a review of the 1301 got like one and a half million views. 
Really? So that yeah. surprises me too. Okay. So, so is it like hunting or is it tactical? It's both. Um, what, what I mean, it's uh, the thirteen to one tactical is what I'm referring to. Like, okay. I, I don't, so I don't hunt, comp- so, so I don't know shit about like the A three hundred series or the thirteen to one series. All I know is the thirteen to one tactical, and I, it's fantastic. And so you like it better than the Benelli? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the Benelli M four is a fantastic. Fantastic shotgun. Old at this point. Though. Old at this point. Came out in like 1990 or something. I want to say. I mean, it's probably at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's um, Argo, the automatically regulating gas operating Argo system. I think um, it's heavy. The ergonomics are not as good. The 1301 is. I mean, like I posted a video of the 1301 versus the A300 Patrol. Mm-hmm. It's insane how fast that that gun is i mean i think i, I dumped a, a tube with on camera with ernest langdon there I, I think i dumped a whole tube in like 1.3 seconds with all shots on target so it's uh, soft shooting it's lightweight it's reliable uh ran 1100 rounds through it at thunder ranch and a two-day shotgun course without cleaning it or lubing it ran flawlessly uh it's as good as it gets is it um a refined version of you know the previous gun is it the same designer do you know or is it a whole new system and gun and I, I like i didn't really get into shotguns until the 1301 so oh. uh, all i know is it uses a twin op rod system that they call the blink system it's a self-cleaning system and it actually a lot of people say self-cleaning that's bullshit a lot of times this barrel, I got the green version, and at the end of the the course, the first time I used it, the barrel was black, and I thought it was just from us overheating it, and we were, it, we were getting it so hot that we were taking chunks of snow and ice and putting it on the barrel, and I thought that was screwing up the, the coloration somehow. It turns out that that's actually where they, the gas and the fouling vents out, and it's got the uh, like this, this ring in the, the gas piston system, it's like a scouring ring. It's like like jagged, like yep. teeth. And it scrapes and expels like all the, the carbon fouling. So it's an actually a functioning self-cleaning system. So it's pretty amazing. That that would be like if we were doing a top five. We I would, are. Well, I, if we were doing a ranked top five, oh. I should have reset. Then uh, I don't know. Like that, it could be number one. But Oh, that's incredible. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would say then, uh, like the honey badger, the sugar weasel, the uh, the boombox, yeah, the, the fix, yeah, the fix. Actually, I was super impressed with the fix. But I mean, look, I'm, I'm not going to deflect another question. So, Glock 19, um, have to say it. Uh, yeah, I I think that that is, and if I did have a top five, that might be number one. Mm-hmm. That might be number one for me. I'm I'm a big concealed carry guy. I'm a big believer in the Glock 19. I think it's a phenomenal firearm. And I, I I think it's such an obvious answer, it's even a cop-out. It is such a, a good handgun that the only people who would disagree with that are people who hate Glock for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of people like, oh, Glock's got no soul, or you know, like they've been dominant. Yeah, it's not why I want to carry gun. Yeah, exactly. Who gives a shit? Mm-hmm. But they're, you know, I think they're wonderful. So Glock 19, that would be up there. I mean, can I say the M4 generally, or like, do I have to pick one? Oh, like a stoner AR-based gun. Yeah. 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 I mean, like that's like, I mean, phenomenal. That might be number one. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I, I hate saying this because well, you haven't said anything stupid so far in the top five and you listed three things. Yeah. And they've been, I think kind of cop outs, right? Um, no, I don't know. I don't think you have to be, try to be cool with it. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just off the top of my head. And look, you know, again, the AK, like, to me, the AK doesn't make sense. But it, it is the one thing that, for whatever reason, I'm drawn towards. And I make fun of the AK. It's a very it's, sexy gun. It, it is, and, it, and it's cool, and it's rugged, mm-hmm. you know. Um, it's like the... Uh, I don't know, like the Soviet lumberjack of, of firearms, you know, like it's, it, it's cool, um, in so many ways that it's hard to articulate, but it's, it's also reliable. It's been successful. It's been the basis, the long stroke piston system that, that it's used. Um, you know, we've seen that copied, you know, a jillion times over, um, to, to great success and, and to total failure. But for the most part, it's a solid system to me. It's just vastly inferior, I think to the M4, M16. Yeah, I mean, the AK guys will argue, but, you know, every tier one group in the world uses a stoner and not an AK. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, for a reason. Yeah. So, um, you know, and now I'm, I'm sitting here, it's like a... One more. Well, and then what sucks about that is, like, now there's, like, I can think of, like, 20 that should fit into that slot. Well, you can have honorable mentions. Mm. Like, we're not on a strict mm. James Reeves schedule. I know, yet. but then at that point, like, it's not really a top five. You know, like, we're doing... I don't know. You're just kind of describing yourself to listeners. Uh, like, what does little James love? Yeah. Other than short shorts and perfect hair. Yeah, yeah. Um, other than that, I don't know, man. I mean, the SIG 226. Great gun. Awesome. Great. I mean, the... And I'm talking, like, you know, the, the OG, I've got a JJ date code, which, you know, uh, a lot of the German companies did not, HK included, did not use J for whatever reason. I'm sure like some of your German viewers could point that out, but they didn't use J in the date code. So maybe some of our Israeli viewers. Yeah, maybe, but they, they skipped over J (laughs) that was, yeah, I just got that. Um, but they skipped over it. And so, you know, I have a, I have a 1980. Yeah. Yeah. I had a, yeah, they did. Um, I had a 1988, you know, kind of like whatever they called, like the folded steel with the yeah, stainless sensor. Yeah. yeah, 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 like West German. Yeah, it's, that's, that's an awesome gun. Mm-hmm. I, I, I actually like the SAO better. Yeah, that's that's a great gun. Mm-hmm. Ryan, what else? What what would be my? What are my honorable mentions? He, Ryan knows like m- more about me than he's my hetero life mate. What uh, than I know than I remember about myself. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think yeah, the M84. Um, which, you know, it's just a PKM, I mean, a fancy PKM, but yeah, I mean, that, well, that, that would was... be the thing I would change on the PKM is to refine it a little. So I totally get it. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, the thing that I like is like, you take the M60 and if it's, you know, you, you, you pick up the M60 and you go to shoot it and then, you know, it's like, Oh no, you know, too many bullets. It's too heavy, you know, and it stops like it fails, but it's like, you can put a, a you can have a, a, a baby, you can have a toddler hanging on to the end of a belt in a PKM and it'll whip that son of a bitch around and, and feed all the rounds through it. So to me, that's that's what's cool. Got, we're filming next week. We got a video idea now. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's one where it's like, you know, I, I'm leaning uh, NATO on, on the carbines. Like I love the, the AR-15, M16, M4, whatever. Uh, absolutely love those. Think they're vastly superior to the AK system, but uh, I mean, I think the PKM is tough to beat. We talked a little about that last night. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think in the U.S. we've done some things correctly, and I think you've named a couple of them. Um, but yeah, when it comes to machine guns and things like that, you know, the Soviets—well, they had a nation's resources, 
and you know it's just a different approach and i think in some of those countries where you know a lot of stuff's not as available and um i i love the idea of i love the pkm i think it's superior to the 240 which we've used which we talked mm-hmm. about the mac 58 in some ways it's not accuracy it's not um there's aspects to it where it's not but when you start talking about the ease of manufacturing maintenance and the reliability and just the weight of the two guns, um, the shootability of the gun. Mm-hmm. And some of that's as a, re- a result of the ergonomics and the weight of the weapon. Um, yeah, I think the Soviets did a better job. You, you know, and, and it's probably 5% the price of a 240. So there's a lot of things that are kind, kind of tough to beat when you talk about building like machine guns for a nation and stuff like that. They did a good job. We talked to some vets when we were in Serbia, you know, the mm-hmm. Yugoslav wars and they would talk about no shit, and I heard this from multiple people with the M84, which again they called Setsa. I mean, I'll spare that story unless you think it's worth telling. But the M84, they would take rounds out of the links, um, so they could like crack one off. They said it was that accurate, where it's like they would put an optic on it, and then you know they said it was it was accurate enough where you could you could take rounds out, you know, to get it to stop firing full auto, and you could you know make some pretty good shots like some targeted shots yeah i mean but it's again it's it's a more refined i don't know how much more refined but it's it's supposed to be the the m84 is supposed to be a more refined version well i think it definitely is i mean you know accuracy but it also goes to what accuracy are you used to Mm -hmm. you know um you're shooting AKs, you know, like yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, then it's accurate as hell (laughs) um but no they've made a lot of great guns um you know, because the U.S. when it comes to belt-fed machine guns and all, like the on the table there, so that's a little scale model of the Browning 1919A4, which mm-hmm. is a wonderful gun to shoot. Um, that one's in 22, and that's full auto. That's mm-hmm. a that's a cool gun. I actually bought that for my son, so that would have been like 21 years ago when his mother was pregnant with him. We found out it was a boy. Mm-hmm. So it's like to me, that's one of the coolest guns somebody could own a 22 belt fits a replica of a Browning machine gun. Um, yeah, but it looks like, yeah, we've used a lot of FN stuff since then. I mean, I guess the M2 is still in service to some degree, which is over 100 years old. Yeah, that's, that's pretty a cool. great gun. Oh, sure. Yeah. And um, it's, it's one I haven't gotten to shoot yet. Oh, you so, haven't? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's good. Ammo used to be cheap when we could get foreign surplus ammo. Mm. Now, whew. What else do we have on the table here? I mean, you put a whole lot of shit out here, and, and you know, I kind of know mm. my stuff, but but there's a lot of... I, I will say, you know, we, we had that 93R, and at the end of the 93R video, I said, you know, Beretta should think about making a 92 SBR. I had no clue that they actually did. Yeah, you could pick it up so it can be seen. So that was imported, I guess, in, I think in the 80s, and I think there's only 12 or 15 of them brought in. So it has the 93R stock on it. It was brought in as an SBR. Uh, SBR. Um, so it's got the 93R mag in it, but and I forget the model of that. That's a 92-something it'll say on there. Let's check it out. Yeah. Um, wherever I find it. Uh, 92SB. Okay. There we go. So, so that's pretty cool. So I think the idea is they brought those in as law enforcement samples, but you know, who, who wanted them, you know, like us it's also missing the, the, yeah, exactly. It's also missing the little angled foregrip. Yeah. So 
that's not a 90, you know, that's just a 92. They put the 93 R right. stock on where the 93 R is a totally different gun. As you right. know, the frame, the slide, the barrel, you get the four single action only. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, cool. yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's a cool gun. Um, this is really a bread of 92 with a stock that, yeah. you know, from the 93 R. I mean, that's, that's more or less. That's all it is. Yeah. That's all it is. Yeah. But I, I really would like to see them do like, even if it's a semi-auto version, like a, an honest-to-goodness 93R. Yeah, I don't know why they wouldn't import those stocks over here and they could bring guns and have the attachment, and then you could buy the gun and then buy the stock registered as an SBR. That would be cool. Those things would sell. How cool is that gun? They're busy boys over there. Yeah, they've been doing a lot. They've been, been doing a lot of stuff. moving and shaking a yeah. lot the last yeah. few years. Yeah, it's crazy. And uh, Yeah, Beretta's an awesome company. They are. And also, one thing that they have going for them is a lot of times you get like a U.S. franchise or conglomerate or whatever. Like you get a, a U.S. headquarters and they, they don't really perform. And we've seen that in recent history. Like oh, you know, yeah. some U.S. companies of these European powerhouses – just totally shit the bed where it's like Beretta USA is, is actually killing it. Like oh, really? Yeah. Oh dude, they're making the a 300 tactical. And I think they're making the Italian sweat. You, you know, you wonder why, like I, I think H and K for 30 years, H and K USA could have been dominant. And I don't know that it was Wayne Weber, who was the president for a long time or any of these guys fault. It's the Germans, you know, they don't understand American gun culture. You know, and H and K has always been, uh, a firearms company that focused on military weapons, police weapons. And they really want, you know, I've spent a lot of time at HK in Germany and they really just want to build guns for Germans, Mm -hmm. the German police, the German military. And I I think it's difficult for them to appreciate the U S market fully. What happened to SIG Germany? Uh, Ron Cohen got sick of dealing with them. (laughs) And so he just, they were, you know, they were, I, I you know, to, I, I like Ron Cohen fine. He's not mm-hmm. my favorite person in the world, and he's not my least favorite by a long shot. I honor him in a lot of ways. He's done great things at SIG. And then I don't like some of the things he's done as far as cheapening the SIG brand, but he has grown the company exponentially. So I, I, I love it for that. But, you know, when I was young and into guns, like SIG and H&K were the premier, like, European, German companies that were dominant. The quality was unquestionable. You would not get an H&K, you know, or uh, HK or a SIG pistol from Germany that was going to get a recall. Yeah, sure. And, um, but I think they would charge Ron Cohen so much for parts and accessories and guns just being assholes. And so what he decided to do was, you know what? Screw you guys. I'll do it all over here. And I think it was several years of battling, you know, with the ownership and everything. Um, and he got it accomplished. And I don't know they do anything over there now. I don't know. You might know. I, I don't disagree with, with what you're saying at all. But they are flat out of business. Oh, like, like yeah. Flat out. Well, and, and, well, there was a press release. So this isn't scuttlebutt. You know, mm. this isn't schoolyard gossip. There was a press release issued by SIG Germany where they said, hey, look, the reason why we're going out of business is because of retaliatory measures by the German government well, against us for furnishing firearms to the U.S. civilian market. So to me, you know, you always hear people, it's like, oh, you know, man, how come HK won't make a civilian? Like, they don't give a shit about civilians. I think be. that they're probably worried about potential consequences from the German well, government. Well, I mean, I, I think I worked with the engineers in Germany at H&K for a couple months when I was over there. And so I, they control the company. 
You know, it wasn't the owners. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they've got a, the whole thing. Those guys control the company. And if they don't want to work on something, they just don't do it. It doesn't matter what the owners say. It was it was a very interesting and odd situation. Because, you know, in a lot of the countries, and they're particular, you can't just fire people. It's a difficult mm-hmm. situation, I think, for management or ownership. You know, and I, I think at this time, it was a one, one of the two primary owners of H&K during this time. One was a British guy and one was a German who went to college in the UK and stayed there, was married to an American woman, and they didn't view him as German anymore. And, um, you know, so that they just didn't like it and weren't going to do it. I mean, I saw it firsthand. Um, I think in that situation, I, I don't know about not Germans not wanting the government to make them for Americans. I think Germany overall is fairly liberal at this point mm-hmm. they don't want firearms companies there because there were all kinds of protests and all when i was there that was almost 10 years ago in the two months i was there there were protests and threats and stuff constantly on the factory mm-hmm. you know like this liberal part of germany that did not want firearms companies there sure and that could very well be pretext for saying you know what we're going to deprive you of like certain contracts or whatever the case may be yeah. because we feel like you're you're letting too many firearms go into civilian hands like whether it be the United States or wherever else so i mean i, I think that you know some people are like oh well that's just an excuse but I, I don't know. I, I think, again, trying to look at both perspectives, uh, SIG released a, an official press release saying like this was a retaliatory measure by the German government because we supply civilians. So, I mean, if you take that at face value, yeah. it's interesting. I mean, it's provocative. It, yeah, who knows? Maybe it saves. And, you know, like most things, you've been an attorney, you figure this out. It's probably a little bit of both. Yeah. Yeah. And and to me, like, who cares? It's a shame in some ways because you lose this, like, dedication to craftsmanship and all to some degree that, you know, in Austria, Switzerland, Germany, it's just unbelievable, the quality of uh, of product and the dedication to that. But it's no cue, you know, but, no but they cue. do a good job. That USP, what do you think of that there? Um, you know, this was interesting. This was the USP Compact Tactical, and this is a Knight's Armament can that was made for this. Um, for a, a military unit. So this is pretty rare. Um, so that's a cool gun. So I brought it down here. I think the USP, you know, because what they make this for originally, the German National Police or Army or something, I don't remember at this point, the full size. And, you know, met the requirement. It was a good gun. To me, it, it's nothing exceptional. Um, but it's a cool gun. I like mm-hmm. it fine. Um, but just this, you know, piece with the silencer is rare that's cool um, you got a p7 m13 it looks like from over yeah here. so this was um this is actually interesting so this was a contract um for um a government military unit that i did at advanced armament to put uh, extended threaded barrels in these and silencers form which we did and delivered and this was the gun that i got and this isn't the silencer that we built but this is a a very rare um, silencer that was a Dev Group SEAL Team 6 mm-hmm. silencer back in the 80s. So this silencer was actually made in 1983, and it was actually made for a P7, not the M13, mm-hmm. um, but it was. And this is the only one that I know exists now. What an overpriced piece of shit that thing is, huh? Oh, that's crazy talk. <laughs> 
Oh, I, I they are overpriced now. I don't. I don't understand. I mean, Even I guess because he can't get them. Well, well, I mean, look, it was like six hundred bucks. Well, I mean, they were part of the Munich trio, right? You know, P five, P six, P seven. The uh, after the Munich Olympics deal, mm-hmm. and uh, that was sure at the time nine millimeter semi-automatic, reliable, cool. But then as things dragged on, I remember getting when I had my FFL when I was twenty one in college, like getting P seven M eight Jubilees. If mm-hmm. you remember those, like the gold ones, no, I'm like, yeah, oh, well, dude, they were hideous. But uh, I, I, I think I would keep them in my in the shop. I'm making air quotes because the shop was my college apartment bedroom. Yeah, uh, for like less than 24 hours, like couldn't couldn't yeah. buy enough of them. I, I thought they were heinous. I, I think the gun's obsolete. I think it's heavy. It gets hot, low capacity, super inefficient, super expensive. I had one. I carried one. I had like uh, I forget who was making the holsters at the time, but yeah, you know, like I carried one as well. The, it the was PSP, cool. the European release. Yep. It was thin. The gun was safe. You know, I mean, there's an argument. There's all kinds of arguments for every gun. You know, mm-hmm. the gun's very accurate, fixed barrel. The gun's reliable. Um, I liked how slim the gun was and it mm-hmm. shot, and, and not having external safety. And then also, like, there's the argument. For, you know, people come up with arguments just for anything. Sure. But, you know, this grip can't be squeezed by yeah. children and stuff, so it makes the gun safe in that regard. But whatever. I actually like the gun. It's not a gun I would be part of the design of. Right. But um, it was an interesting way to solve the problem, and I think the gun's kind of cool. So I like them. So I, for a period of time when used ones were coming in that were like German police, right. like refurb guns or something, They'd everyone in, I could find for 600 or less, I bought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was when they were importing them to Trustville, Alabama. Yeah. Those guys, G something. Yeah, and, and they, they machine off the little police yep. insignia. Yeah, yep. And uh, yeah, that that was cool. I mean, I had one of those. They did a few that were Robar NP3. Yeah, yeah, that's like the, uh, whatever it is, like the VP. Like, no, the, no, no, no. That's a bad gun. Yeah. The, the this is actually the HKP9S. So this has a roller-delayed blowback system just right. like the MP5. So there's a little mini lock with rollers in it in here. So it's 9 or 45, switch the barrels out. So essentially a fixed barrel. And um, so SEAL Team 6 used this for mm. uh, a while. It was like the semi-auto that would operate out of the surf with a silencer. And it's one of their silencers on it. And HK actually sold these into the 90s, the silencers. Mm. So if you were one of their LE dealers, you could buy yeah, these. That's kind of cool. Yeah, it was made under license by them. I um, bet that triggers dog shit. Oh, no, the trigger's great. You're crazy. Really? No, no, no. I just, I remember the VP, whatever, the, the Oh, no, the that's early, a double like action. Polymer, yeah, that, that one that's just being terrible. Yeah, yeah, and that, I, I would think that that one. Okay. No, that no, no I, I've never fired one of those. I, you know, I'm familiar with the older stuff. I'm not an old gun guy. Yeah. You know, and, and I have that reputation like i really don't give that much of a shit about old well, guns. well you like that stuff so no, that that's like that little grease gun thing here no no, no that's yeah that's terrible like an oss grease gun with original silence stupid yeah what about the m203 night standalone you no. were probably in college when that thing was made yeah but for me it's like now nah, i i just don't like really have a boner because i can't i can't have it you know like what what am i gonna i'm gonna shoot i'm gonna shoot chalk out of that what am i going to do it's with good that time. win money off your buddies yeah no i mean like that that sounds all well and good but i mean uh, to me like how much does that cost i don't if you have to ask well exactly so that means it costs it means like i, I, I no could, idea i could probably spend that same amount of money on like a used car which i'd rather which by the way we we do need to establish the fact that uh, you and i are both j78 bros nice. you've got we both have land cruiser J78s. I didn't know that They're until cool. I listened to your your podcast with Ron. 
from oh, Trailblazer. Yeah. yeah. So, or no, 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 Ian. You mentioned it when you were talking to, to Ian. So, yeah, it's a pretty cool car. Yeah, I like the Land Cruisers. And and now I spend so much time in Africa, you know, it's that's my vehicle there. Mm-hmm. So, I actually, half my life now, I'm driving a right hand drive Land Cruiser. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's cool. I mean, it's interesting because I use one the way it's intended to be used in Africa, you know, mm-hmm. like in the mountains and hunting and mm-hmm. crossing rivers and harsh conditions. And there's a reason you get it instead of the Hilux. Mm-hmm. Like that thing is a machine. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I use it to uh, like pick up groceries from Publix and, yeah. and drive on down the beach with my shirt off. So that's that's what I do with it. Of course, you just do. just as it was intended <laughs> to be used. Yeah, I mean uh, that one here. That's basically what it gets used for: is going to the grocery store or whatever. Yeah, sure. Um, then there's no sense in talking about the rest of the guns, basically. Yeah, no, 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 <laughs> no, no. We can talk about it. I'll bitch about them. I mean, like if, if that's what you want. I mean, that's half no, the fun. I don't that's care. half the fun. People like to see me get riled up. Top comment on my video. You know, I'm like uh, training with some top secret unit, uh, Erna. That's today's video. I told you about it. Mm. Top comment. Tell me, Ian, if you're listening to this, tell me if this would happen in one of your videos. Let's see here. The top comment. Something tells me this isn't the first time James has been taken into an abandoned warehouse by a gang of masked men. People like to wrestle my jimmies. So we can talk. Oh, you know, like, look, I'll play into it a little bit. But look, at the end of the day, I'm extremely lucky to be doing what I'm doing. And I really don't care. Look, man, if somebody gets on and, and says I'm the biggest asshole alive and they try to say the most hurtful thing possible, so long as it's a reference to something in the video where I can tell they watched it, I'm grateful. He's trying to take my place. Your stock be, might be rising, but you're still number two. <laughs> what? Um, okay, so who's your demographic? Like, what, what is the target of your videos? What are you trying to achieve? Who's watching them? I try to make it approachable. Like I'm thinking about now for me, like, you know, everybody says, Oh man, guns, not politics. That's a cop out. You know, it's a total cop out. You should be, first of all, I think that that's a ridiculous argument. Yeah. I I hate that people think everyone in this industry has an obligation to do their fighting. Fuck off. Right. And and there are enough people doing it who are smarter than I am, or at least, you know, can rile people up, can muckrake better than I can. And so I like, I'm not going to dabble. I don't need to, but the most important thing is I think we're one of the only channels who we are apolitical and we bring people in because we're approachable. We're yeah. not like, I'm not ranting and raving um, about like, you know, gay frogs or, you know, whatever, by the, the government, you know, turning frogs. Come on guys. Don't, don't give me that look, Kevin. You got, that's a thing, right? An Alex Jones thing or something like that. Yeah. 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 Florida making frogs gay. Like I, I'm not doing that. That was meant to be a reference that I thought, you know, people knew about and you were going to pick up but no but that's interesting but i i don't do that and that makes it approachable and like you know shout out to my boy adam uh he is one of our our new camera guys or tfb and this man you know kind of liberal guy kind of liberal he's from new york city he was actually a tommy hilfiger model i mean gotta tell you man we uh we got some good looking dudes over here at tfb tv but adam uh went from being like ah man you know i don't I don't know about like this whole assault rifle thing. Now the guy owns an AR-15. Oh, that's awesome. And and that is uh, I'm seeing that, and that is a manifestation of the objective of TFB TV, and that is to bring people in and say, hey, look, like you know, water's warm. Come on in. Like yeah. maybe you find something you like, and then it's like, okay, well, you know, I originally didn't like AR-15s because the people that like AR-15s are people that I don't like or that I don't agree with. So because they like this thing, I'm not going to like it. 
the total opposite. I've got my buddy who oh. I go I go shooting with. I'm like, hey man, where's your recycling? Like my Miller Lite can's done. Where's your recycling? Oh, dude, I don't recycle. Why don't you recycle? Oh, hippies recycle. It's like, man, that's nonsense. Like, you know, that's nonsense. You you don't have any practical. And that's how I feel like a lot of people are about guns, where they're like, look, because people I disagree with don't like guns. Um, or I'm sorry, because people. Sorry, I was distracted by the the incoming Miller Lite. Because people who I don't like are people who believe in things sure. that I don't believe in. Because because they like guns, I'm going to hate guns. It's, and so it's, that, it's hard to be a free thinker. And it, yeah, I, I get it. You want to fit people want to fit into these categories or whatever. Right. Well, I think what you're saying about Thank you. I, I think Thank I've you, said something that is similar in a sense when I've taken. You know, there's been. I've, I've seen it in replies to our videos or things we'll post on Instagram. And it's like, I don't do enough for like gun rights. And it's like, Hmm, well, number one, not my fucking job. Mm -hmm. My job is to design firearms and the best firearms and the most innovative stuff. And, you know, and the fact that someone thinks they know, but they want me to stand up and preach it. And, but I think my job is like you're drawing people in with your videos being approachable. If I make the guns and things that make the shooting experience better, that's going to draw more people in. And so to me, that's kind of doing my part. It's a lot better if there are more of us fighting than if it's just a couple loudmouths. And that's the infighting I was talking about earlier. Like that is like nobody should be attacking you within uh, our community. No one should be attacking me. Well, I mean, for that reason. Oh, for that reason. I can think of plenty of reasons both of us should be attacked. But yeah. but not, you know, because, oh, man, like, you know, you're not out there preaching. You know, yeah. you're not on the street corner. And it's like, no, man, I'm doing it in my way. And I think that my way, I, I see a hundred guys on YouTube doing like politics and – who are you preaching to? Well, Who are you is, converting? Yeah, anyone? you're no. you're preaching to the choir, preaching sort of thing. To the choir. Yeah, so it's like I, I feel like I'm I'm trying to hold my own out here and bring people into the fold because we need that. We're like fifty one forty nine, depending on how you look at it. You know, in terms of where this country's going, in terms of uh, gun control, it, it, it seems to me like if you believe the polls, if you believe the, what you see out there in the news, it seems like it's pretty even split. I, I would believe that, you know, and I would also think, you know, for example, pushing silencers um, has been hugely beneficial because my children would not shoot guns if it weren't for silencers. I probably would hardly ever shoot guns if it weren't for silencers. Just enriching that experience to be something you can enjoy, you can bring people to. It, it's um, New Zealand, you can buy a silencer without a, a permit. and they're, they're South Africa. Yeah, yeah a lot yeah, of countries. Yeah, I mean, this is one of the only countries where it's – Firearms are readily available and silencers are regulated. Not, right, I, I, don't, exactly, I don't even yeah. know another country where it's like that. But, um, you know, it enriches a shooting experience. Like, I've never taken anyone to shoot, whether it's their first time, man, woman, child, where they don't love shooting. Right. But, you know, my daughters have never shot firearms without a silencer. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and they're adults now. They've, they've never shot a firearm without a silencer. My, oh, my son... Most of his has been the same, but he loves historic weapons and machine guns, so he, mm -hmm. he shoots. But my daughters would have never hunted with me. They would never target shoot with me if it weren't for silencers. It just sure. makes all the sense in the world. It takes a lot of the fear out of it when there's not the explosion. So I think that's another thing that I've really pushed that helps to you know make our pool bigger. 
uh, of people who are interested in this and understand it. Because I think most of the anti-gun stuff is just ignorance. We're doing our part in our own special way, yeah, I would say. special way. We should pat ourselves on the back. I like doing that. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, okay, we, we've got the guns on the table. I know that, you know, I, you brought all this stuff up here, so obviously, you know, let's talk about it because I don't want to waste any effort. We don't have effort. to. What no, no, no. What I mean, it's just cool to be on the table. What's what's this? Yeah, that is true. What's this little, is this a, a woodsman, a Colt woodsman? Is that what that is? With the- yeah, so that's a woodsman. That's one of my favorite twenty two pistols ever. And so that's one that is with an original Maxim silencer adapter that slides over the barrel and clamps on an original Maxim mm-hmm. silencer. So that silencer is from... I don't know what silencer's on it unless you hold it up, honestly. Mm-hmm. Here. Let's see if I can navigate this without spilling a beer or... Okay, you don't even have to. I can see it now. Okay. So that's like a Model 1910, 1909. So that's an eccentric silencer uh, where you can still see the sights. Um, that's so, you know, it's over 100 years old. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that baffle design is still the basis for every baffle design today. You know, and that's Hiram Maxim who invented the machine mm-hmm. gun. This is yeah, his yeah, son yeah. that did the silencer. Right. So that's pretty cool. As and a, he called it the silencer, but if mm-hmm. you say silencer, you know, in your video, people are like, it's a suppressor. Yeah, my Reddit fans, they, they'd say something stupid like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's kind of annoying. Yeah, um, which, yeah, I always think silencer is more descriptive. In the ATF classified silencers, the guy who invented them patented and named them silencer. Yeah. And you say suppressor, are you talking about flash suppressor? Like, what are you talking about? Um, I hate yeah. the pedants. You know, I hate pedantic b-holes on my my YouTube channel. I mean, there's some stuff. I, I wish I had thought about it because that actually would be a fun thing to talk about. But it's oh, like, you know what we would both do? Maybe we should do this, those mean tweets. Maybe we should take a break and look up mean things that have been said in post. And uh, Oh, that's uh, a great idea. And then do it. And then we I got to piss anyways. Then we read let's, them. Let's we read it. one another's or we have to read it aloud ourselves. We could oh, do that. We no, I, dude, I got one for you. Well, if you got one about me, go ahead. No, no, but I'll... You got I'll, one I'll about you? Either yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, no. I I mean, this actually was pretty nice. Uh, people do make fun of me quite a bit, but it, it... Like, there are actually a lot of positive comments. Like, this actually was, like, like really nice for me. Yeah, but... <laughs> oh, well, yeah, those aren't funny, though. Uh, no, I know. You're right. But uh, <laughs> but it, it was really... Di- what I'm trying to say, it was difficult because I was trying to locate, like, nasty comments. And I... I there were a few. Let's see. Uh, this one. Um, I don't care that James has little bitch feet. <laughs> he nailed this list just like he nails the children's back to school specials on footwear. <laughs> I mean, that's not bad. You know, that's not. Bad. I'm not even that's, sure what all it means, bad. but it's creative and pretty good. No, they're, little I mean, bitch feet. Yeah, that's little just bitch funny. feet. Uh, it's just funny. What, what size shoe are you you rocking there? Oh no, uh, uh, ten, ten and a half. Oh, that's man size. Yeah, I mean it's just regular. People find things. You know this. You know people find things where they think you know. Well, I think this demonstrates that yeah, most of the things people find to hate on, it's not even a real thing. No, it's not even a real thing. <laughs> like if you yeah. had said size eight i probably would have fallen out of this fucking chair but, yeah yeah sure sure no size i mean 10, it's like yeah 10, 10, 10 and a half well, yeah it's, it's one or the other normal. so um yeah all right well that that wasn't very good but you go ahead Kevin. Uh, no that's pretty good i love it well i i think i mean let's face it i invoke whether it's you know the ladies or the haters i invoke emotion here's the disclaimer and so, that's what so, we call it in the legal field i think minor a little more aggressive, which, oh, yeah. you know, which I think is a couple of things. I think it is, I push the buttons mm-hmm. and 
the demographic of my haters, I think, is much younger, mm-hmm. less experienced, less seasoned, mm-hmm. let's say, less accomplished than your guy there. I mean, that's probably a, a fun guy to hang out yeah, with sure. and have a beer with. Yeah. My man is articulate. Yeah. He's thoughtful. I mean, this is so, yeah, I can read some that I screen capture. I mean, you're also an asshole. So there's that. Okay. So why don't you let me read the comment? <laughs> Kevin Brittingham Brittingham is an egomaniac and an asshole. (laughs) Like, like, oh, you hurt me, buddy. Like, my friends say that. Come on. That's all you got? (laughs) Kevin Brittingham never heard of her. "Eh, I've gotten that one. I've got that one. Well, that makes sense. Unoriginal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, (laughs) Kevin Brittingham's an asshole. Doesn't matter what company he starts. Or what new type of can he invents. That doesn't give him the right to act like he's God's gift to mankind and that he's superior to other people. Um, How do you feel he's about still, that? He's still just a person. <laughs> are, are you just a person? Uh, How do you feel? How does that one make you feel? How does that one make I've, you feel? Kevin? I mean... It makes me feel sad for this guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, really, this doesn't make That's me a, yeah. like. I, yeah, I know he spent time and energy on that. Yeah, it, it, it is interesting that these people would believe that I think that or believe that. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's just like, whoa, where did I touch you, man? Sorry, mm-hmm. I was Kevin Brittingham. Oh, geez, Q is a douchey company, plain and simple. Uh, the two examples I can think of. Q's customer service department told a paying customer to shut the fuck up in an email exchange. <laughs> <laughs> well, did he need to shut the fuck up? I mean, I mean it, it, if that did. actually happened and I said it, he needed to shut the fuck yeah, up. Yeah. Um, uh, the customer was complaining about his emails being ignored, ignored, which is a perfectly reasonable thing to complain about. <laughs> Kevin complains about how much his company is spending buying triggers from other companies for Q rifles. Uh, he then proceeds to design his own trigger and sell it for the highest price in the industry uh, that we've ever seen for a non-binary trigger. Fuck these guys. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what I say to this one? If you're somebody that's into binary triggers, I, I'm so right. thankful yeah. you fucking hate me. <laughs> yeah, and our I know, company. I know, I know. That's a, that's the crux of of the gun world. <laughs> binary <moron>. triggers. <laughs> oh, the crux of the gun world. Crux binary of the gun triggers. world. Binary trigger. You're an idiot if you don't make those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Isn't that funny? Well, it's not. It's not a binary trigger, so you can't charge a. Lot. Yeah, yeah, I know. Like you can, you can just piss away mm-hmm. ammo at the range and, mm-hmm. and spend like four hundred dollars on a trigger. But you know, buying a good trigger. How much is is literally the best trigger? I have no idea. I think mm. is it three fifty? Three fifty. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, I mean, you can get literally a pretty good trigger for less. <laughs> um so yeah, it's a lot of money. But it's expensive to make. Anyway, uh he's an asshole. And he shits on small businesses. <laughs> I don't know what that the was, fuck yeah, that yeah, means. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was kind of nonsense. Uh, that well, was somebody you put out of business or something. Well, uh, like he gets them to do work for him and then apparently doesn't pay their invoices. That's bullshit. <laughs> it's like, uh, oh. That, that would actually would shock me if that if there were any truth to that with you. You, don't, you are an asshole, yes. But, you know, you're an asshole who pays his bills on time. Well, so. I mean, 30 years, you w- you probably wouldn't still be in business. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, I like that way better than like the really nice guy who doesn't pay on time. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, me too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Or the nice guy that lies about his products and yeah. you can't say anything about him because he's nice. Like, you're a fucking idiot. Um, Q, that's a bunch of brainwashed retards. Or is there another Q we're talking about? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, kind of, kind of fair point. Shit, <laughs> Kevin Brittingham. Shitty business practices, mm. customer service, and overall douchery with an added hint of asshole. Mm-hmm. It's like your ingredient label. Uh, yeah, it's maybe like, you should get a T-shirt made with that one. Kevin uh, Brittingham ingredients. <laughs> it's just like one ingredient, right? Is it? Was yeah. there another one? I don't know. That's that's interesting. Um, Sixty percent water, forty percent asshole. I don't know. Three uh, percent diabetes. But no, I mean, uh, like negative comments. I, I do. You know, like some of them are so absurd. Like most of the ones you read, like they're so outlandish that obviously it's it's virtually gibberish. But you know, I I do like to use the anonymous comments that I get to check myself. You know, and say, hey, like, is this is this true? It isn't about second guessing yourself. It so, isn't about. So this is about your shorts and your, your no, no, no. I was just using, no, I was using that as an example. I it really one time I did ask my wife. I'm like, you know, hold on a sec. Like, I'm getting old, man. I'm 40. You know, it's like, am, am I am I overdoing it? Are are the shirts too tight? And probably 40 percent, 50 percent of your viewers, listeners, right now are screaming yes. And but, and 70 percent of them are overweight. Yeah, <laughs> true. It's probably true, but um. You know, I, I think that it's nice to get because you always ask people for feedback, right? Do we not? You know, it's like, hey, do you like this shirt? Do you? Uh, does my ass look fat in these five eleven jeans? There's the cha-ching, five eleven for my my uh, promo yeah, there. But I, I don't I don't know that I ever ask anyone any of these questions. Maybe you should, Kevin. Maybe I should. Maybe that's a sign. Um, no, but but what I mean is is when you do ask those questions, you know, you want honest feedback. But what you get because you're usually asking a friend or a spouse or whatever is you. you oh, oh, I don't want to hurt your feelings, and you don't get positives precisely. Mm. So that's the beauty about YouTube comments or you know getting on whatever forum where it's anonymous. But when do you know when to believe it? Um, that that's for you to find out, right? Mm. You know, you have to you have to look at that, and it's about self reflection. And I like. Do I know who I am? I like I said, I'm fairly confident that I know who I am. But you know, like a a freshly 3D printed fix bolt handle, mm. you know, I, I I need to go through a tumbler still, you know. And it's mm. like I'm still I still am discovering things yeah. about myself. And I think it's important for all of us to be introspective. It, it for well, I think introspection really is. Um, but maybe it's stages of life because I think I'm immature in a lot of ways and was a late bloomer in a lot of ways and was probably early in a lot of ways. I mean, I think I was probably 30 when I realized I wasn't going to have to have an actual career. Mm-hmm. And and maybe I was in my early 40s before I ever should have started dating or had children. Um, yeah, now those sorts of things, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I guess I don't, maybe it's just like an age or you know wisdom thing for that part of your life or you just stop giving a shit i mean that's a pretty common thing about old men like they don't give a shit about a lot of stuff and this is stereotype you know they say what's on their mind and that's gonna be cool i can't wait to get there or just like don't get like my dad like he doesn't give a fuck he wears you know he wears a fishing shirt every day and sperry topsiders and he has a double martini at lunch and he doesn't give a shit that's pretty great clint smith Guy doesn't yeah. give a fuck. He doesn't care what you think. Yeah. 
That's pretty good. Yeah, I yeah, think I mean, it's a powerful thing. I think it is. Yeah, I mean, I've talked about You're entitled it. to that at a certain point. I think so. I mean, I, I think it's, you know, sort of, for me, when it's had to face things I was very afraid of in, you know, my personal life or whatever, and, and you realize, oh, well, that didn't really affect my life too bad. You're no longer afraid of these things. It's freeing. Like, this I'm is, much more free than most people, yeah. I think. We had a breakthrough. We just had a breakthrough, and everybody is, no one's listening because we stopped talking about guns. But I, I, this was nice. This was nice. Mm-hmm. Worst gun you've ever owned. I it out. The worst gun I own, I'll ever. try to think of several. Um, well, I mean, that's a long time. That's basically as long as you've been alive. Yeah. So I think one that I hate was um, my son, when he was young, had me buy a Chris. Chris Vector. Yeah, yeah, yeah a machine yeah. gun because mm-hmm. it was in a video game, so yes. he loved it. And he was convinced. And I had the same conversation, ironically, 10 years later with Shaquille O'Neal. Mm-hmm. And he made the same choice my son made. Mm-hmm. And then I called him out. I said, do you want that because you are play video games? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's like, oh, okay. Well, I'm not going to be able to talk you out of it. I can talk mm-hmm. my son out of it. And uh, we got it. He was all excited when it finally came in. Go to the range. We go right to the range when we get it at our farm. And he's loading up the mags in the truck and we shoot it and he was so bummed <laughs> just huge piece of shit <laughs> yeah um you know i haven't liked that one uh walter ppk kind of sucks uh you know, I don't know look you own walter ppks i assume i do okay do you know the origin are they german yeah are they are you know inner arms for a while I was importing them and they were actually mm-hmm. assembling them in alabama mm-hmm Oh, I, didn't, I didn't know that, but I do have some yeah. imported by NRM. Yeah, there were, I, I forget the companies, but there were actually two companies. I think one was like Ranger. Um, and then there was another company uh, that was out there that they were, these two companies in Alabama were making them. Um, and they were using, I think they were making some of their own parts. They were using some imported parts, whatever. Don't remember the story exactly. But at the end of the day, uh, the PPK to me has been an extreme. I love it. I still own like three of them. Mm-hmm. Um, underwhelming. I mean, it's snappy, it, it's heavy, and they're unreliable. Well, I will agree. It's not the most reliable gun in the world. And it it's blowback three. That was that whole generation of guns. You know, what was the SIG? The three, three. Um, there's yeah, it was the two thirty and the two thirty two. Two thirty. Yeah, the two thirty. And I've got a two thirty, and it's actually pretty dope. Um, allegedly, like SAS, like undercover or whatever you would call that. Uh, those guys used the the two thirty. I heard. That was something I read in a book, and that's kind of so. I have a two thirty. No, it probably wouldn't reason. surprise me. I mean, that being a like a deep cover gun or yeah. something. Yeah. So like, um, whenever like it was IRA times, and mm-hmm. then that was like kind of the deep cover like SAS thing. So uh, those are kind of neat. Now the Beretta eighty four. God, that might be the eighty X might be on my top five. Um, the great, the new great guns you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The new Beretta eighty X. Have Have you gotten down with that yet? Mm-mm. Are you aware of it? Mm-mm. Okay. They took the 84, which is the double stack 13 round plus one 380, and they just they modernized it. It's optics ready. It's got a rail, which a I don't 380? like. Still a 380, but it's out of a four inch barrel. And so the ballistics, like, look, they still meet FBI standards, right? Like it'll go through like whatever three layers of cloth and 12 inches of ballistic gel and still expand to about half an inch. You have a lot of, like, I think 380 got a bad rap. First of all, you had anemic back in the day 380, right? Same with 9mm, like in the 80s. 
and you had the 1986 Miami shootout, and well, now well, it's the technology's standard. come a long way. Precisely, and that also applies to 380. Well, then, so the 380 technology's come a long way. Yeah, yeah, and, and people understand now that, yeah, a 40 or a 45, you're not gaining really much advantage. But with 380, what happened is as the bullet technology was getting better, you have like the P3ATs and the LCPs, and they're cutting the barrels down to like two inches, right? And and you and I both know that like that once you go from like two inches to, to four inches, that's that's a big deal ballistically for, for handguns. Well, I mean, it has to do with you can design bullets that will perform. You can get it <laughs> penetration and expansion even with four inches. But uh, at a, but you have to d- pick the bullet for the barrel length or for the velocity. So that's the thing. What do you think about – so, well, 380, I think the guns just didn't evolve, and you can build a 9mm, 9x19 for the same size you can build that through. I disagree. You do? I disagree. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, look, I mean, dude, you're way smarter than I am. I'm just a lawyer, YouTuber, idiot. But, I mean, tell me. You're tell an me. influencer. Oh, Christ, don't ever use that word. Influencer. God, I hate that word. I, that is so cringe. The Tell me a 380 or, or, you know what, give me two guns. One's nine, one's 380. They've got the same capacity, and they're the same size. It doesn't exist. I mean, there there are particularly inefficient 380s, right? Like you can look at well, the at, gun that you just talked about with the Beretta, the yeah. Sig 365, smaller than that gun. Um, I'm not sure that it's it is smaller, um, but it also that's a 10 round. Um, you know what? Fuck. I mean, actually, I think you just got me. But the no, no, no. But I mean, that is you're talking about a shorter barrel, and it is that is a 10 round gun. Okay, it's what a 10 about plus the one. XL? Uh, that's a 12 round gun, and it's bigger. I bet. I bet. And it's also polymer frame. So you're talking about like if they did polymer frame with the 84 or like the 80X, then, you know, you're also talking about it probably being lighter. What do you think about rounds. 30 super carry? Um, you know, it's tough to say. Like I, I, I fear like I, ballistically it looks good. It all sounds good. Like getting one, two, three extra rounds. Um, because you've reduced the diameter. I mean, really, it's a better question for you, and, and I can't wait to hear your thoughts about it versus mine. But when you look at the data, like it, it looks promising, right? It's a stopgap kind of between 380 and 9, but you get additional capacity because you're reducing the diameter. So it's like, okay, that makes sense. It's more powerful than 380, but hypothetically, you should get more capacity than 380 because of the reduced diameter. However, because of the chamber pressure, you're still relegated to nine millimeter size chambers, operating systems. I mean, that's that's the beauty with 380, right? You can just have a straight blowback. And well, you said you didn't like how snappy that PPK was. Yeah, but actually, the Beretta 84 is is really not, or the 80X, not snappy at all. I mean, there now some people. It depends on who you ask. Because I shoot a Makarov, it, it feels like somebody's hitting me in the taser in the web of my hand. Yeah, I, I hate it. I, I hate shooting the Makarov. I don't love recoil. No, nobody loves recoil. I um, I think the super carry makes a ton of sense. Um, yeah, a nine millimeter that recoils less and it carries more rounds. That's sort of the way I view it. I don't think you're losing a lot with bullet diameter with modern bullet technology and the mm-hmm. discoveries we've made during the war with that. <clears throat> what I think was interesting, Ryan and I were talking about it earlier, is... You know, like we talked about me liking to pat myself on the back. But 300 blackout became very obvious to us early on, and we had to fight the industry, our own company, the whole mm-hmm. thing to do it. 
and now like today, so Sammy was just or uh, eight six blackout was just introduced to Sammy. It'll be approved in January, and I th- it it's a it's a bigger leap forward and a, a bigger leap in capabilities than we did with three hundred blackout. And the, you know the point is, I think like I'd said yesterday, I, I think we'll see in five years from now. In the past thirty five years. The, the three cartridge entries to the market, new cartridge entries that have been successful will be 300 Blackout, 6.5 Creedmoor, and 8.6 Blackout. Like yeah. we're, we're not an totally ammo right. company, and, you know, Ethan and I will have done two of them mm-hmm. um, against all the odds. And so if I were federal, and I, I imagine that's probably like the second biggest ammo company in the world, all the resources that Vista has and everything. Yeah. They keep failing at introducing cartridges. What the fuck is wrong with those guys? Well, I think it's a chicken or the egg problem, right? Because it's it's really difficult. You need, in order to, to sell a caliber, you need to, to sell the guns. And in order to sell the guns, you need to sell the caliber, right? You know, like you, I mean, you did it really well. Again, pumping your plums. <laughs> but, you know, but he, you, you did it well with 300 Blackout because he said, hey, royalty free, you know, you guys can make it. And the, the main difference was that, you know, it was a barrel swap. You know, that, that is what made it awesome is like, dude, you want 300 blackout, just swap out your barrel and any asshole can make the ammo. They don't have to pay anything. I guess that's how that works. Yeah. So, I mean that, that made sense, but, um, that it's hard because I think 30 super carry could take off. I think it could. Okay. Um, but you need people to make the guns. I hear you. So let's think about that. Every gun company, what do they need to test fire guns? ammo there you go so you have the largest ammo company in america probably supplies every gun company in america with ammo like you don't think you're in a position to cut some deals with some gun companies like i i, I mean to me this is like i, I think I, i'm pretty good at a couple parts of my business and then overall i'm not good at a lot of business but you would think as many employees as vista or federal has and with that power, you're supplying everyone with ammunition. Seems pretty easy to cut some deals. Like, yeah. hey, make these guns. We're going to spot because they also need, you, you know, the firearms manufacturers, whether you're Ruger, your Smith, your Glock, whoever, they need to introduce new product. Mm-hmm. I just don't see how that couldn't be successful. Like two, 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 four Valkyrie, the millions they spent on that product introduction, trying to push that in the market, and it failed. Mm-hmm. And I think it's ridiculous anyway. But 30 Super Carry, maybe it's because they named it Super Carry, like 38 Super. <laughs> but um, like it makes sense. And uh-huh. Ethan and I were both talking about it. It's like, that would be awesome. I would love to have that gun. Yeah. And, but, yeah. I and mean, how what do you it, not it, get, like, I can get companies, like little, little KB, little Q can get ammo companies to make ammo. We can get the, the military to buy new cartridges and we can get gun companies to make guns in uh, a caliber that we develop and federal can't do it. I mean, sometimes maybe it takes a little magic. I mean, who knows? Because it makes a lot of sense what they're doing and they're even pricing the ammo. I think about the same as three eighty or less than 40 yeah. or about the same as four. It's like they are, it seemed to me, I, I don't know because you know, you and I both know how this works. It's like, you know, if I want 30 super carry, I, I call somebody and I get 30 super carry yeah. ammo. So for me, I, I'm, I'm insulated from that. I don't know what happens if you try to find 30 super carry ammo. Maybe that was the problem. It, it's all, it's, it's speculative for me to, to try to guess, but at the end of the well, day, what, 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 what guns, what guns accept 30 super carry right now? I have no idea. I don't keep There's, up with it, but 
the Smith and Wesson M and P. Oh, they did is one? actually yeah Shield. It's actually phenomenal. I've got it. Oh yeah, it's wonderful. Like I it's bet, great. Yeah. And we did like a little side by side with the nine millimeter. People couldn't tell the difference. So you know, and you get that additional capacity. Um, it's nice. But then you've got Nighthawk. Like Nighthawk is making them. So somebody is going to invest like what three thousand dollars in a 1911 that shoots thirty super carry? No way. Um, High Point is making a thirty super carry carbine. <laughs> Swear to God. And what they, uh, I need to do a video about it. Um, but what they said is they're like, dude, we actually, we were like, screw it. Why not? And we ran the numbers of it coming out of a 16 inch barrel and it's insane. You know, it's like they, they get some crazy ballistics out of it. So I bet if Hornady had introduced it, it'd be successful. They know, I, how, I, they know how to do shit. Yeah. I, I'm not going to, I love federal. They've always been really, really good to me in terms of like, uh, reaching out to me, seeing what I think about. Oh, so, that's cool. Dude, I love Federal Syntec. Um, What's that? It's their synthetic. Um, it's like got a polymer jacket, um, no lead in the primer. So if you shoot a lot, like I do, I, I mean, I got my blood tested the other day. I'm like twice the level you're supposed to be. So it's like these are things I'm trying to be cognizant of. And they make a 150 grain subsonic 9 mil. That's, you'd love it. And I call it like the lipstick of death. It's this bright red. It's got a bright red polymer jacket on the the, the jacket is polymer yes how's your accuracy um i mean i'll tell you this man um you know I, I hate calling people out but i've already said it in the video but it's like so i i never thought like getting into this when i was shooting in college whatever you know i was a shitty shot um you know you you learn you go through you go you take courses you get better you yeah, get more proficient sure. shooting handguns which are, are challenging yeah it's not easy no and so i was thinking like man there is no way i'm ever going to be good enough with a handgun where i can tell the difference between like quote unquote shitty inaccurate handgun ammo or accurate handgun cuz i'm not shooting it from a rest yeah. i'm i'm just shooting it you know as i would shoot it you know standing um, you know, if I were in a self-defense situation, whatever. Yeah. Um, God damn, man. Like I, we would shoot ammo ink 380 through like, uh, uh, that the new Glock, what was it, Ryan? The, the 28 or 27 or no 28 or whatever the new, the 380 that they've been making for years and they just started importing. And then the Beretta like through the ADX and it's like, God, this accuracy sucks. And then we put good ammo through it and, and it would actually shoot well and we're like oh shit like you you can get good enough where it makes a difference even at like yeah. 10 yards sure and uh, i will say i have never had an accuracy issue and it also reduces wear on your barrel so like syntec i think is brilliant absolutely brilliant interesting yeah so i, I think you should try it out and uh, again like no lead primer i i don't pump uh products that that i don't believe in and i think yeah. that's why people come to tfb tv is yeah. for the authenticity like if if i believe it you know, federal, they were a sponsor a while ago. I don't know if they sponsor us still, but I mean, maybe a couple of years ago, they no, did. they make a lot of good products. Yeah. No, and, but dude, I'm, I'm pumping it right now. I'm pumping it. I, I think that Syntec, more people should buy 150 grain subsonic federal Syntec because it's better for you, better for your gun. And it sounds great. What's the price difference? Mm, not much. It's, it's marginal. I think they were making like, you could buy like 500 round buckets or 250 round buckets. So it, it's, it's marginal, especially considering the benefit and considering the price difference against other subsonics. Okay. So I'm cool. big into That's that. That's a good pitch. When subsonic, Thank you. yeah, it's important because, yeah, I didn't know they were making that. You know, with silencers, it's great. You should try it and, well, and let me know what you think when well, you do. Why are you a 22 long rifle hater? I, just for whatever reason, it, it's... Um, it's not cool. 
I don't know, man. Like, I, you know, I joke about it. I'm like, oh, because I'm hick and I like big boom, you know? And it's like, but that's not exactly true either because I, I don't really like shooting like big, uncomfortable. I don't know why, but it's like, you know, look, it's cool. Like I own a couple of 22s, but they, they've just never blown my skirt up for whatever reason. And again, we're talking about knowing yourself. That's a blind spot. That's a James J. Reeves blind spot where like I... I'm not exactly sure why I don't really like 22 all that much, and I don't shoot it, and I don't get excited by it. Do you shoot with silencers? Yeah, man, I told it's you. I got like, a, yeah, my my second suppressor was an AWC Archangel Titanium, and it's like, I I think it's pretty awesome. Yeah, um, you know, but uh, to me, I I just I don't know. I like shooting. Uh, like we primarily shoot nine millimeter. 380, 5.56, 7.62, 39, like defensive calibers. Yeah. And that's kind of what the channel's always been kind of geared around. Oh, okay. And and 12-gauge. And tw- uh, I love Now you're into shotguns. Yeah, shotguns fun. Oh, yeah. Now I'm into shotguns because of Clint Smith. I went from like casually owning some 870s and 500 series shotguns to now like big into shotguns, killed a bunch of them. Um, 500 rounds through a shotgun is a shitload. And as people who are familiar with our channel know and who've seen our burndown videos, you can easily kill like a Turkish shotgun in under 500 rounds. Easily. We've done it. We have not had one Turkish shotgun survive 500 rounds of one of our tests. Not one. It's a lot of rounds through a shotgun. We got uninvited from Turkey. I told you about that at dinner. Yeah. So yeah, we yeah, had, don't bother coming. Yeah. They sent us like they, they was just, it the, the Benelli copy looking thing? No. And you know, like there are a bunch of those and everybody swears theirs is the best. I, I only did one. We did the SDS, uh, tac 12 and we have a video on that. And it was just, that one actually didn't break, break. Uh, it's one of the few that did not just flat out fucking break. It just was unreliable dog shit and yeah. you, you could get it to work with one ammo like one type of ammo and it would run through a couple of tubes and then you'd run that same ammo and it wouldn't and you know like bird shot it couldn't run and some buckshot it, it, it was just not good it was not good so and most turkish shotguns i find are not good and i i think that um i, I don't want to have like a bias against budget price firearms, which is something... You just I, have a bias against Turks. I just hate poor people. No. <laughs> I would love, you know, I, I, I think the Turks make phenomenal handguns for whatever reason. Like, they make good, cheap handguns better than, you know, whatever the South Americans do or, you know, a lot of U.S. manufacturers. But for some reason, they can't get a handle on shotguns. Maybe they're just trying to make them as cheaply as possible, maximize profit. But... And so I, I hate that they are pulling the scam on the American consumer where they have like these really cool looking shotguns and then you'll buy them and then people will figure out, man, this thing is a massive stinking piece of shit. And then they change the fucking name. It's it's the same shotgun, same parts, same everything. Oh, and that's pretty brilliant. If you, if you go on my Twitter, there's uh, some guy who, who actually, he sent an email from, a, and I... Uh, all of this stuff I redacted, like anything where you could trace it back to him personally. But I, I posted an email on my Twitter that I got from a factory worker at one of the Turkish shotgun companies who sent an email from his like his corporate email. So it was legit. Um, and he was also calling factories fabrics. He, he was like, yeah, this fabric does this and this fabric. So, you know, it, 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 had all, it, it, it smelled of legitimacy. And, you know, you can read it on there, but... You know, he was basically verifying all of my presuppositions about how the Turkish shotgun industry worked. And I, That's I am interesting. I am aware, like a lot of people are like, dude, you need to try the Stoger or whatever. I haven't tried a Stoger yet. Um, and, 
you know, I've heard that those are actually good and there's some QC there. Like in that are Beretta they made in Turkey. Yeah. And I think Beretta owns them though. Oh, so, and I, I've never once pulled the trigger on a Stoger. So I'm not saying like all Turkish guns are shit. I'm just saying generally speaking, tra- their shotgun culture is not really, I, I think they are, I think they just realize that most people are going to shoot like 50 rounds through a shotgun. You know, it's an argument, but I, I think your dissatisfaction with that it is sort of me when you say, like, I call out companies and stuff. It's the same thing. Like, my irritation is with other companies is when they're dishonest about a product performance or what it is or how it compares with something that you can measure, not necessarily my taste. Like, you know, ergonomics is a tough one to measure. Um, but, yeah, just overall performance that we can measure with math um that irritates me i I think we're kindred spirits Mm. kevin brittingham maybe maybe 